Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty After Dark. I'm your host, Calvin Timms, and I just wanted to welcome you guys in to the first ever YouTube Live. Uh, you can see um, my lovely house here, the first time with the video camera and everything, so uh, it's really exciting. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, today I wanted to go over the post-draft rookie rankings. I know a lot of people have their rookie drafts coming up here this week and the next couple of weeks. And I just wanted to get my thoughts out on paper on how you guys should be tackling the rookie uh, rookie prospects going into your drafts. And yeah, there are a lot of hot takes going around right now. And I just wanted to get this out there because you're going to hear a lot of bad advice over the next couple of weeks. And it's just really, really bad on Twitter right now. So uh, I wanted to get my thoughts out there, kind of give some back up to why I think this and my explanations behind it. So you're not just flying blind in all of your rookie analysis or your rookie mock drafts or your rookie drafts. And uh, yeah, just really getting some actual content behind why people are ranking these people in whatever tiers in a certain order. And yeah, just what my thoughts are as we go into it. So again, thank you guys for joining me. First ever YouTube live. We'll see how it kind of goes here. A little nervous, but we'll get through it. So um First off, hope everybody enjoyed the draft uh, a lot more than me because as a Patriots fan, we probably had the worst draft out of every single team in the entire NFL. It was just horrendous. We reached on a guard in the first round, you know, after trading back, you know, classic Bill Belichick trade back in the first round, and he decided to reach on a guard two rounds above what he was supposed to, took two running backs later on in the draft, and yeah, it was uh, not the best draft. Um Bill probably needs to give up his uh, GM duties, if we're being honest. It's been a rough couple of years, but yeah, there's always hope. I, I love Bill Belichick. You know, as a Patriots fan, we've been spoiled for a very, very long time, so I'm not complaining too much here. Tom Brady definitely helped a lot with that, but man, Bill Belichick is just not what he used to be. And I don't know if it's Tom that always carried it through or what, but yeah, Bill Belichick is just... He's been struggling lately, man, and uh, yeah, it's it's rough as a Patriots fan. Uh, congrats to everybody else, though. A lot of teams really killed it. You know, the Chiefs, um, the Ravens, man, they just had really, really good drafts. Even the Jets, our division rivals, they had a really good draft uh, going into this weekend. So, yeah, congratulations to everybody. Hopefully your team had a good draft as well. But I'm here to break down the rookie drafts that are coming up for everybody, like I mentioned before and my rankings going into it. So the one common theme going into the draft draft days as we started going through them all was one, there were so many trades. Like, goodness gracious, the first round, it was dead for the first 10 picks, and then just boom, 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 trade after trade after trade. It was just, it was tough to follow, to be honest with you. But, man, there was a lot of impact from that. A.J. Brown to the Eagles, you know, um, the Lions trading up from 32 for Jamison Williams. It was uh, it was fun. The problem, though, was a lot of these wide receivers went to really bad draft spots or the prospects in general, like um, the running backs. Not ideal for a lot of these guys. I do love a lot of the talent for some of these guys, but yeah, it was uh, not the most ideal of landing spots for these guys. So um, that said, like I said, there's a lot of very bad takes in my opinion. I could be wrong here, but... Feel free to comment and let me know what your thoughts are as we go through this. Hopefully my analysis and my explanations will help uh, you guys understand why exactly I'm thinking this. But again, I just really wanted to get my thoughts out there. So coming in hot, tier number one, uh, all by himself, Brees Hall. He's probably going to be the consensus 101 in this in this uh, draft. Unless you really need a wide receiver, you could take the top guy in tier two, but I just don't really see too many people taking a wide receiver over someone like Brees Hall. He went to the Jets. It's not the best landing spot. I do still like Michael Carter, but the one thing that the NFL is actually trending towards a lot in the last few years is almost every team has a as a committee style backfield. Um, they're you know they're they're going more towards the shared workload, not as much of a bell cow back. So. 
really not too many of these guys. There's a few of them on here that went to like the perfect landing spot, but a lot of these guys went to committee backfields where they're going to have to share with somebody. And Michael Carter, I love Michael Carter. He's one of my favorite running backs from last year's draft class, but he's going to eat into Brees Hall's workload a little bit, but they're not really uh, overlapping skill sets. They kind of do different things in this offense. So I'm not too worried about that. So Brees Hall, his talent was number one. He was the number one guy pre-draft, and now he went to a very, very good landing spot. I mean, again, Atlanta was probably the only better landing spot, or Houston maybe, but yeah, I think that the New York Jets is just fine, and it puts Brees Hall, like I said, in a tier of his own, in my opinion. Now, the second tier, this is where things get a little bit more interesting, and again, the running backs and the quarterbacks are kind of the the story of this year's draft because the quarterbacks went way later than what people expected. And um, other than Kenny Pickett, he was the only first round quarterback this year. And the other guys, I think the next three were all third round picks, if I remember right. Um, Later third for most of them, actually. And the running backs, the good ones went to weird landing spots. Like, um, for example, Isaiah Spiller, went to the Chargers, which I actually like quite a bit personally, but um, Rashad White, for example, he was my number four guy. He went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Zamir White went to the Las Vegas Raiders. So a lot of the running backs really didn't go to in the most ideal spots. Kenneth Walker went to Seattle. It's just, it, it was a really weird landing spot for the running backs. And the quarterbacks, again, they don't have the draft capital. And I warned about this in my podcast last week. Draft capital narrative is in full effect on Twitter right now. It is crazy. Everyone is dropping these guys multiple rounds, like ridiculous amounts in a rookie draft just because they went a little bit later than what they should have in the actual draft. We talk about this every single year. NFL scouts get it wrong. And I'm not saying this is a good quarterback class. I'm not saying that at all. This is exactly where a lot of people expected the quarterbacks to go off, but the fact that the landing spots were so good for all these guys. I don't care if they went in the second round where everyone wanted them to go. I don't care. It's a third round. It's still decent. It's day two draft capital. Who really cares? Like, you know, I don't know. It's It's the game of chicken that the NFL wanted to play in this. And a lot of it paid off. Like these guys fell to the third round. They could have reached on them in the in the second or the first, but they didn't. They waited and got their guy later. I don't know why we're double penalizing these players for that. So, all right. Anyway, tier two. Starting off is Drake London in this tier. I love Drake London. I talked about it so many times. I even predicted a little bit in my mock draft. I got wrong because I said Jameson Williams to the Falcons. But for many, many months, I was saying Drake London to the Falcons would be my favorite landing spot for him because – I just want to see the Falcons just go full gigantor offense, big body guys. They've got Cordero Patterson, who is a massive human being. He's just a huge dude, right? They've got Kyle Pitts, who's a physical freak. He's six foot six, 260 pounds, and looks like, I don't know, the uh, the Slender Man, if you know what that is. He's just like the skinniest giant in all the world. It's It's crazy. And then now they got Drake London, who is the exact same. He is a physical freak. So just get these big dudes, and I just want to see what happens. I love it. I personally love it. So this is my favorite lane spot, and I know he doesn't have the best quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not as bad as everyone kind of said. He's not great. He's Don't get me wrong. He's not good. The, the Falcons are going to suck for actual football, but for fantasy, he's going to be fine. So I don't know why we're really worried that much about it. So um, it's the best landing spot, in my opinion, definite need and a definite talent. Now I had Drake London in my tier two of receivers before, but it was such a slight gap between my tier one and my tier two before that he does jump up here. He's my number one wide receiver off the board right now. And it's just literally due to, I love the skill set and I also love the landing spot. So that's it for me. Love Drake London. Uh, But my number two guy in tier two is going to be Kenneth Walker. I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's not the best landing spot. He went to Seattle. It's, It's a loaded backfield. It is a very loaded backfield. And it's a terrible offensive line. They needed offensive line help. They tried to get a little bit of it. I think they took a first round uh, offensive tackle, if I remember right. So definitely helping from that aspect. But they still need like two, maybe three more pieces on the offensive line. 
so there's a little bit of concern there. They still have Drew Locke as their quarterback, not ideal. Uh, they've got Rashad Penny, they've got Chris Carson, but what I think them drafting Kenneth Walker says is Chris Carson is done. He, he's just going to be toast after this season, or maybe even this season. Now, Kenneth Walker, amazing skill set. I had him in his second tier before, but he's just so good. Um, he's going to come in. Rashad Penny is a free agent after this year, so I'm not worried about this. This is dynasty. It's not a redraft. So I'm taking Kenneth Walker as the number two running back off the board, probably my number two or number three pick. Again, it depends if you need a wide receiver or if you need a running back. So um, with these tier twos, it's all about your personal preference a little bit. The gap between these, and I'm saying these in my order personally, but the gap between Drake London, Kenneth Walker, and my number three and four guy here is so small. You could take any of them and I wouldn't hate it, right? So they're all interchangeable for me. Number three in tier two is going to be Traylon Burks. He went to the Tennessee Titans. They traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles for the pick. And yeah, it's pretty crazy because he was probably uh, Dynasty Twitter's number one prospect three months ago, four months ago. All the combine stuff and just ever since that time, he's just gone down and down and down and down. And I don't know why we, it's so crazy how these narratives form in the offseason and people just hammer it and hammer it and they just let, they overthink everything. He was really good in college. He was very productive. He didn't have a great combine. Why are we just going to completely write him off because of that? Now he goes to an amazing landing spot. They traded AJ Brown for him, for him specifically. They think that he can be the next AJ Brown. That's what they're telling us. AJ Brown was a like, what, the number three overall dynasty wide receiver? Why do we think that Traylon Burks can't return on that? I don't understand that. Yes, he's probably not going to be A.J. Brown. He might be. He might be better than A.J. Brown. We don't know. We have no idea right now. But the fact that he could become even like 50, 75% of A.J. Brown means he's more than worth it in this top tier. Again, I had him a tier below before in my pre-draft rankings, but... I love the talent. I really did. And I didn't know where he would land. And clearly the Titans thought he was worth it. So um, just based on competition alone, Drake London and Traylon Burks, they have no competition. They are basically like, yeah, you can say Robert Woods is, is competition, but he's 31 coming off an ACL tear. It's not amazing competition. So Traylon Burks is number three in tier two. I would probably take Drake London over him still personally, but again, I really, really like Traylon Burks. Um, if he can be the next A.J. Brown, I'm all for it. So that is number three in my, my tier two. And the last guy in tier two for me still is going to be Jamison Williams. Now, it's not the most ideal landing spot. He went to the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have a decent uh, wide receiver room. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got DJ Chark. I know everyone is out on DJ Chark. Personally, I'm a lot higher than a lot of people. I don't know what we're uh, we're knocking DJ Chark so much for. Um, he was a rookie, kind of productive. Year two had a breakout year. Year three, the entire offense, the Jaguars just were trash. They were trash all across the board. Trash all across the board. Year four, he got hurt. Like what? I don't understand why people are saying, "Oh, he's a bust now." I, but I'm not gonna get on DJ Chark too much. So I think that DJ Chark might have the ability still to earn a long-term contract with the Lions. I don't know if they will or if they'll let him just be productive this year and go to another team. I don't know. Um, my thought process is if he balls out this year, they'll probably resign him. But the nice thing about Jameson Williams is it doesn't matter. I don't care about the competition for him because he's such a game breaker. His skill set doesn't care about who he's playing with. He is so unique of an athlete. He's Tyreek Hill light, right? He's just going to be the second coming of Tyree Kill. So I'm not worried about the competition because all we need to do is just get the ball in his hands and we'll see where it goes from there. So I still have Jameson Williams up in this top tier, although I would probably take Drake London and Traylon Burks over him. They'll probably have more immediate impact in fantasy, shorter term impact for fantasy. And I think that their ceilings are similar to Jameson Williams. So that's my thoughts on my tier two. Uh, And then tier three, (laughs) this is where it gets tough. This is where it gets really tough. 
Now, tier three, it's a big tier. <laughs> I broke it into two parts. I have tier three and tier 3.5. And uh, this is probably where I'll get the most pushback, to be honest with you guys, because it is very tough to rank these guys. And I tried to be true to my pre-draft rankings because, again, a lot of these landing spots for a lot of the players didn't really change too much, didn't impact too much. So I can't drastically raise guys up or drastically lower guys just based on draft capital. That's not, it's not realistic. It's not fair to real life. So um, this is my, my thought process going into the tier three. Number one guy I have there is going to be Garrett Wilson. Now I thought long and hard about this. He was my pre-draft wide receiver one. And I just love the, he's the perfect do it all wide receiver in this draft class. And he went to the New York Jets. It's a little bit higher of competition because they still have Corey Davis, not the biggest, scariest guy. They've got Michael Carter. They've got Brees Hall now. They've got uh, three tight ends. They've got who? Uh, uh, Tyler Conklin. Um, they signed somebody else, CJ Uzama, and the new guy, Jeremy Ruckert. And now they've got Elijah Moore and uh, Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is probably the most talented out of all the wide receivers here at this point, but. It's a very loaded offense. Don't get me wrong. I still love the talent. I think that he's going to win out. Fantasy-wise, I think that he's probably not going to be able to perform long-term as well as someone like Drake London, someone as Traylon Burks, because he's not that giant guy and he has more competition. That's just straightly, that's strictly how I see it. So uh, that's why he falls into Tier 3 for me. Now, the next guy is going to be the number three running back off the board, Rashad White. He went to Tampa Bay. He was my pre-draft uh, RB number five. And he was in a tier, um, he was in basically my tier three with Isaiah Spiller and James Cook before the draft. And I think this landing spot is actually really, really good. What this does is basically kills all my Keyshawn Vaughn hype that I had from the last couple of years. Uh, all my shares of him are just weeping because I think that he's going to replace Keyshawn Vaughn pretty much all, right off the bat. Um, but what I think Rashad White does so well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, you saw it last year, right? Uh, going into the playoffs, the end of the year, I, I know this personally, I felt it so hard in all my leagues, but they lost Chris Godwin and then they lost Leonard Fournette. Their offense was just not the same going into the end of the year because they lost those two guys. I think that Rashad White is more of a Leonard Fournette replacement long-term. So I really like his long-term value. I think that'll have short-term uh, production that'll be able to stick up with that. But I this is more of a long-term play because after they move on from Leonard Fournette, you know, they'll probably not have Tom Brady after this year, but... I just really like the skill set of Rashad White, and I think that he'll be able to plug that hole that Leonard Fournette leaves when he leaves when Tom Brady probably leaves. So that's my thoughts with that. Now, next guy is going to be George Pickens, my pre-draft uh, wide receiver three, and yeah, not much is changing here. He went to Pittsburgh. I love this personally. I love it so much. Um, I know that he has some off-the-field concerns. He's got attitude problems. But if anybody's watched anything of Chase Claypool the last couple of years, I mean, does that not explain him to a T? Like, he gets in fights on the field. you got to be thinking that they're getting sick of that because why would they draft George Pickens, who is basically the, the Chase Claypool skill set? You know, he's going to be playing out wide. I mean, you could argue that he's going to be replacing George Washington or uh, James Washington, but... George Washington replacing the president. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens for president. But uh, no, I think that he's going to be replacing James Washington on the other side, opposite of Chase Claypool. And I think that he's better than Chase Claypool. They're both bigger body guys, but the fact that Chase Claypool, he's just got, he gets in his own way too much. And I think that George Pickens, when you give him the opportunity, he's going to shine out this year. Now, the biggest problem with George Pickens is probably quarterback situation, and they are now locked into Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky for the next like three to five years, which I don't love. But it could be worse. And here it's a bet on talent over – it's a bet on good talent with a good landing spot. It's a good organization. That's how I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't love all the competition that they have there, but – 
I think that he's going to rise to the top. I think he's probably one of the better wide receivers. You can make the – everyone's going to hate on me. Deontay Johnson truthers are just annoying, but uh, he's a very good wide receiver. But I think that he's got a very limited skill set, and I think that George Pickens is a more well-rounded – he has a higher ceiling than Deontay Johnson. He has a lower floor, of course. He, I mean, he could be a bust. We don't know. But I just think that George Pickens, if he hits in the NFL, which I think that he will, it's just going to be, it's going to be the next Antonio Brown. It's going to be somebody like that, you know. He's just, uh, he's just such a physical guy, and I just, I think that he's, he's going to be perfect for this offense. Uh, number, the next guy on my tier three here is going to be Malik Willis, and people are going to, people are go crazy about this. Oh, Kenny Pickett was a first-round pick. He's got to be the first quarterback taken in super flex in super flex leagues. No, he doesn't. He, him going in the first round did not make him a better quarterback. He was a terrible quarterback. He's a terrible quarterback. I don't know what to tell people. He's a fifth-year senior. He's a fifth-year senior. It wasn't until his fifth year that he balled out and earned himself a first-round contract. He's got the smallest hands the NFL has ever seen. Playing in Pittsburgh, he's going to be outside literally. I think I did the math. 11 out of 17 games, he's going to be outside. It's just not a recipe for success. I don't want to bet on that long term. I think that he's going to blow it for the actual NFL. But for fantasy, he might be all right. I don't know. But Malik Willis is still the best option. He's the best talent here. He went to the Tennessee Titans. It's not the best landing spot because they got Ryan Tannehill. But there's been rumors that they've been wanting to get on, move on from Ryan Tannehill for a little while now. And I think this is the per- perfect opportunity to let him just mature a little bit, get a little bit more uh, mechanics, you know, learn the offense a little bit this year. And then maybe next year it's his opportunity. And you're just buying into the opportunity. I mean, look at Trey Lance. Trey Lance was, I think, the number three quarterback uh, taken last year. And you didn't get to play him at all, basically, the entire year. So it's a bet on talent over anything else here. And he's still the most talented guy out of all these guys, in my opinion. All right, the next guy in my Tier 3 is going to be Chris Olave. Um, I wasn't the highest on him pre-draft. I went and talked to a couple of Ohio State fans, because I live in Ohio now, and asked them what exactly I was missing. And... The biggest thing that they said is he's just so well-rounded. Um, I I might have missed on him pre-draft. I'm not going to lie. I did have the gap between him and Traylon Burks pretty small. I had him as my tier three guy in a standalone tier by himself. And it was he was my number six wide receiver. Uh, here he falls in as my number five guy. Or no, sorry. He's still my number six. Hey, there we go. But I just think that he, the gap between him and George Pickens is really small now. Um, I really like the landing spot, and I was thinking about this a lot more. The landing spot is really ideal. Um, everything that New Orleans did in this draft basically solidified James Winston there for the next like two to three years, minimum, minimum, because they traded away their first-round pick next year. They're not going to have a first round. They're not going to be able to get a quarterback next year. They're not going to get, they didn't get a quarterback this year. So Jameis is there and he's going to be there for a while. And if Michael Thomas comes back and I'm not thinking it's going to be Michael Thomas with Drew Brees, it's not how it's going to be. But if you can get Michael Thomas with like, uh, even a, you know, 75% of what he was him and, and Chris Olave could be a nasty combination. And the opportunity here is just perfect in my opinion. So, uh, the landing spot's great, the opportunity's great, and the situation is great. Like, the team the team is a good team. I don't like New Orleans too much. I like to rag on them, but it is a good organization. They do really well. Um, all right, my number four running back still in Tier 3 here is going to be Isaiah Spiller. He went to the Los Angeles Chargers, and again, people are going to knock this landing spot so heavily. And this is going to be, hopefully, like, one of the steals of the draft, like, I really believe in this landing spot for Isaiah Spiller because it is just so perfect in my opinion. Austin Eckler, uh, let me pull up his age real quick because he is a 26-year-old. He's going to be turning 27 here in about two weeks. And, I mean, 
Austin Eckler is great. He is very, very talented. But the Los Angeles Chargers haven't had a ground and pound guy that's been worth anything for a while now. And I get it. Isaiah Spiller, he had a terrible combine. Again, we're knocking all these guys just based on combine. It's a 40 time. What We've seen so many situations of guys. David Montgomery had a terrible 40. Dalvin Cook had a terrible 40. How did that work out for fantasy? Those guys are great. They're amazing fantasy assets. So uh, I am not too worried about Isaiah Spiller long term. Is he going to eat into, is he going to be amazing year one? I don't think so. That's why he's my RB4 off the off the board here. But he's going to be a steal now. I think I've seen a lot of mock drafts with him going like as the 201 to the 203, somewhere in there. He's not even a first round guy anymore. That is amazing. I think in a year's time, uh, Austin Eckler, he's going to be 28 years old. You know, he's already at that age cliff. And I'm not saying that Austin Eckler is going to fall off anytime soon. He hasn't shown any signs of it. He started later in his career, had a lot less touches early on, things like that. So Austin Eckler might have two, three more good years in him. But again, all these teams are going more towards these committee backfields, these 50-50s. And I think that Isaiah Spiller is talented enough. He's a good enough ground and pound runner that he's going to supplant Austin Eckler in that role. You got to remember, Austin Eckler is not a big dude. He is a jack dude. He is a muscle machine, but he's not a big guy. He's like 205. Isaiah Spiller is coming in at 220. He's going to be able to take a lot more of that impact. And I think that he's a lot better than Justin Jackson and whoever the other one is. I don't even remember at this point. They suck. That's why I don't remember their names, right? So Isaiah Spiller, RB4 for me. He's going to be a steal for a lot of people in this upcoming draft. Now, the last player in this one, in this half of my tier three, is going to be Matt Corral my QB2 off the board here. And he was my QB2 pre-draft. He's my QB2 post-draft. And if you look at everything, again, draft capital doesn't make anybody better or worse, right? It doesn't make you a worse player if you go a little bit later than what people expected. The Carolina Panthers traded up into the third round to get him. They didn't take a quarterback in the first round. They took a tackle, which props to the Carolina Panthers. Let me get this out there first. Props to the Carolina Panthers. They didn't reach on a quarterback, which is amazing. But now we're going to we're going to punish the quarterback that they took in the 3rd round because they didn't take him in the 1st round. They didn't have a 2nd round. They had to trade into the 3rd round to even have a 3rd round pick. They didn't have a 2nd or 3rd. So I don't understand why people are so low on Matt Corral just because he went in the 3rd round. I get it. A lot of teams pass on him. I don't care. The opportunity is amazing. The landing spot is amazing. And he's better than Sam Darnold. He just is. Sam Darnold is an idiot. He does dumb stuff consistently. That's the problem with Sam Darnold. He's got all the talent in the world. He can make amazing throws. But you can't fix his stupidity. He just does dumb stuff. He sees ghosts all the time. Every single year he sees ghosts. So I can't I can't help that. Matt Corral is going to be smarter than... <coughs> He's going to be smarter than uh, Sam Darnold, and he's going to play better as well. I really love the landing spot, and yeah, I'm excited for fantasy. Like I said, he was my pre-draft QB2, and yeah, still post-draft, he's going to be my QB2 as well. So no change there. Now, (laughs) I had all these guys in Tier 3, and it just felt like such a massive tier. I felt wrong to really say that these guys are tier four like all the guys that I'm about to mention here in the next few picks if you were to take any of them except for the tight ends these tight ends are more for tight end premium but again the next four picks if you were to take any of these next four picks over any of the guys that I just listed I wouldn't blame you I I really don't but I personally can't put these guys above those guys and I just wanted to break up the tier. It was just getting too big. So my tier 3.5, number one in this tier, is going to be Sky Moore with the Kansas City Chiefs. And again, I wasn't the highest on Sky Moore going into the actual draft. But the opportunity is going to be there. It's a great landing spot. It's Kansas City. 
He's paired with Patrick Mahomes. It's more than a one-year deal. I think Juju's on a one-year deal. Um, MVS is on a two-year deal. So it's the future of their team, right? He was a second-round pick, if I remember right. He wasn't a first. So he's got good draft capital and great opportunity. And he's a good player. He's just tiny. I don't think that he can be a team's number one, but he doesn't have to be with Kansas City. They've got Juju. They've got uh, uh, MVS. They've got Nicole Hardman. So the the pressure is not going to be on Sky Moore on day one to perform. So I really like the talent. If you were to take him over over George Pickens, over Chris Olave, again, I don't I don't blame you guys for that whatsoever. So um, I would probably still take Garrett Wilson over him, but yeah. I could see him going up into tier three, but personally for me, I would take all those other guys over Sky Moore. <clears throat> now, James Cook is going to be the next player on my board here. He goes into, I think, RB5 for me. And the landing spot and the draft capital are amazing. Um, the skill set is amazing, but the only downside, again, is size with James Cook. I talked about this pre-draft. Um in my pre-draft rookie rankings, I had a lot of big guys ahead of him, like just big body guys. And <clears throat> the biggest knock on James Cook is just he's a smaller scat back type of player. And I think that the uh, the the landing spot is great because he doesn't have amazing competition. Basically, what this tells me is Buffalo is going to be moving on from Zach Moss completely. They're keeping Devin Singletary. Next year, Devin Singletary is a free agent. They could re-sign him. I don't really know what to expect with that. But, yeah, their long-term prospects at running back is definitely a little thin. And James Cook can be very good. The problem is he's not going to have a ton of rushing touchdowns just because it's never going to happen. Unless he gets one and just busts a hole and gets it from, like, 20, 25 out, it's not going to happen because otherwise Josh Allen just keeps them all, right? And, yeah, it's just – it's not the best landing spot because the uh, the touchdown opportunity is not going to be there. The target opportunity might be there, but, again, Josh Allen hasn't shown the propensity to target the running back position a ton so far. So I, I'm a little concerned about that. But I think that James Cook is going to be good enough. He's going to have a lot of yards. He's going to have – He's going to be explosive enough to get enough touchdowns to be dangerous, but I don't think I ever see James Cook as anything more than an RB2, like a 15 to 18 RB, and that's hard to invest anything significant on. And then coupled that with the fact that I've seen him as like most people's RB3 in this draft class, he's going as like the 106 to 108, and that's just, that's too rich for my blood personally, so I'm out at that price personally. So, um, again, I would, I would still take all the guys I listed above. I know Isaiah Spiller doesn't have a clear cut role. He has probably less opportunity than, than James Cook in year one, but the talent and the, the opportunity aren't as bad as people make it out to be. And I'd still have him over James Cook personally. Now, next player on my tier 3.5 is going to be Desmond Ritter. Um, QB three for me, again, an amazing landing spot. I have all three of the QB or the third round QBs above Kenny Pickett. And that's not by accident. I don't like Kenny Pickett that much. Um, the draft capital is there. So the, the long term, they're going to use him for quite a while before they move on from Kenny Pickett. So there's that at least, but I just don't think he's going to be very good. Desmond Ritter, again, he was my QB three pre-draft. Went to a great landing spot, just didn't have the draft capital. He went in the third round instead of the second. Again, I don't really care that much. He's a very good player. Um, <clears throat> Atlanta doesn't really have a long-term hope there. And if he can push out Marcus Mariota, which I think that he's talented enough that he might be able to, um, and he's a similar skill set to Marcus Mariota as well. Yeah, I, I do like that quite a bit there. So, um Again, I would probably still take Malik Willis for the long-term potential and Matt Corral for the for the short-term and the long-term potential there. But again, it's a great landing spot. 
and it's a great talent. So not going to knock him too much for that. Now, my next player is my running back five in this, or sorry, six in this draft class. And that is going to be Damian Pierce, who went to Houston. And I actually had this guy right off my top 10 going into the, um, going into the pre-draft rankings and went back and looked at him a little bit. Maybe I had him a little bit too low in my pre-draft rankings, but he was number 11 for me pre-draft. Didn't talk about him on the podcast, but I do like him quite a bit. The reason he jumped up here is just because of pure opportunity. Um, Houston needs a running back really badly, and Damon Pierce is going to be that guy. He's going to get a lot of opportunity, and if he can show out with the Houston Texans this year, he'll earn himself a long-term starter's role with this team, essentially. So um, I do like that quite a bit. And he had decent draft capital. I think he was a third-round pick. I think he was like the fourth running back off the board, something like that. So the team really liked him. Um, They invested in him pretty highly. And he's a big-body guy. I think he's like 222, 217, somewhere in that range, six foot two. Like, he's just a big dude. He's got good hands. Um, He's pretty smooth. Needs some help in the pass, uh, pass protection role. But, again, a lot of these running backs do. So he'll learn that as he starts getting a little bit more experience this year. So he is my running back six in this draft class. Now, the next two players are both tight ends. Again, this is more for tight end premium and roughly where I would I would kind of take these guys off. I'd probably take a couple of the, uh, the, the next wide receiver in my tier four over these guys if it's not a tight end premium, but all my leagues are tight end premium, so um, it's just a more fun way to play in my opinion, so that's why I have them up here. Um, but yeah, these guys, if you're not in a tight end premium, I would move them down to tier four on my rankings here. Uh, just take that into account, but Trey McBride and Jelani Woods, I have both of them here in the 3.5 Trey McBride. He actually went to Arizona. He's going to sit behind, uh, Zach Ertz this year and it's a good landing spot to be honest with you. Um, Learning from Zach Ertz is a great person to learn from. I mean, look at all the good it did Dallas Goddard. After a couple years, he really kind of came into his own on that team. And Trey McBride is a very talented guy. He's a kind of Dallas Goddard type of player. So I think that there's plenty of opportunity there. And then you take into into account, um, they're going to have to move on from Zach Ertz probably after this year. Zach Ertz is getting pretty old. So it's going to be a nice transition, I think. He's not going to be extremely useful this year, but almost every single rookie tight end is not going to be useful this year. Uh, I think Pat Fryermuth, with all of his touchdowns last year, was like one of the few exceptions to that, and and I guess Kyle Pitts uh, last year just based on the reception total because he was a wide receiver, essentially. But uh, but yeah, the, the tight ends, they almost never produce from a fantasy perspective in year one. So letting him sit behind Zach Ertz this year, is fine. I, I like that quite a bit. So um, getting him now, letting him sit, and then next year being the starter or the 50-50 with Zach Ertz and then that being Zach Ertz last year, I think it's fine. So um, it's a great landing spot. Again, I love it quite a bit. Now, number two here is Jelani Woods. He went to Indianapolis. Again, it's a great landing spot. He's a very, very athletic tight end. Great pass catcher. Indy needs weapons so bad still, still. They got Alec Pierce in the draft too. Um, got some help on the offensive line, the defense, but they just did not add many weapons to this team. And that is the biggest problem with the Indianapolis Colts for like three years now. Go get Debo, something, please, anything. Get another weapon for this team. I have to watch you every Sunday. I want to enjoy my time watching you every single Sunday. So uh, Jelani Woods, to Indy is quite good in my opinion. Again, he's probably not going to be super productive in year one, but you're buying him a little bit early here. And I think that he has a higher ceiling from a fantasy perspective than Trey McBride. But I think Trey McBride is just the better overall player than Jelani Woods. He's a great pass catcher and a better blocker. So he might see a little bit more opportunity long-term than Jelani Woods. So uh, that's my thoughts there. And the end of my tier 3.5 going into tier four. All right, now tier four, 
Number one here is going to be one that people are going to push back on quite a bit. Christian Watson uh, went to the Green Bay Packers. And I do love the landing spot quite a bit. Um, The Packers got kind of screwed on draft night because so many wide receivers. I think by the time their first pick at 22, there was like five or six wide receivers off the board at that point. It was nuts. Like the, the wide receiver run was just crazy in the first round. It was just absolutely bonkers. And again, <laughs> Washington commanders managed to kind of screw it up a little bit in my opinion, but I'll get to that when I get to that player. But yeah, Christian Watson, I do love the opportunity. He's just a really raw candidate. Uh, he's a really raw prospect. And I need to see it from him before I'm willing to buy in in my rookie drafts. I'm not taking him over any of the other guys I listed before just because I think that they're less bust-proof or more bust-proof. Yeah, more bust-proof than Christian Watson. So, um, yeah, Christian Watson, top of Tier 4 here. Again, the the difference between Tier 4 and Tier 3 is pretty big. Like Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson, for example, is the top of those two tiers. It's a big gap, but Christian Watson to Sky Moore or um, uh, I only had one wide receiver in my tier 3.5, just notice that. But like the difference between Christian Watson and James Cook, again, if you needed a wide receiver and all those other wide receivers are gone, Sky Moore, uh, Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, yada, yada, um, I would not knock you for taking Christian Watson. It, it Again, I think that you'd probably be better to take James Cook over, you know, just that's why I have him in the different tier. But yeah, Christian Watson, he's kind of that intermediate. You could almost make him in his own tier here, in my opinion, uh, just because of the skill set. He is very, very explosive, extremely explosive, just really raw. So we'll see what he can do. Um, But I do like the landing spot quite a bit. All right, next here we got Kenny Pickett, and this is where he finally goes off. And I am trying to temper my hatred of Kenny Pickett a little bit here. I, I, I've listed all my problems with Kenny Pickett, and the thing is, he is going to get a lot of opportunity. Now, if he can hit at all, be like a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr, then okay, he's going to be fine for fantasy, and he's locked in with a great organization. It's literally the Steelers that are that are keeping him up here from falling even further down the board here. But yeah, Kenny Pickett, I would take him last out of all these quarterbacks, but <clears throat> I think that he's worth an investment. Um, I think that he's the safest out of all these guys for the next couple of years because, again, the draft capital of him being a first-round pick, he's basically going to get four to five years to try and screw it up unless Mitch Trubisky just comes out slinging and, and is just the clear better prospect, um, which is entirely possible. I have no idea, but um, – if not, if he is the starter, then I, I think that he's going to have quite a bit of opportunity before the team moves on. Now, I don't think he's going to be great, again, for the actual NFL, but eh, for fantasy, it could be worse. Now, next here is going to be Alec Pierce, and I'm going to start to fly through these a little bit quicker. Um, I'll go through my last two tiers. will be just brief, brief on them, but I want to give these guys here a little bit more love. Um, Alec Pierce went to the Indianapolis Colts. I do like the landing spot. Again, they needed weapons so badly. He's more of a deep threat. And again, I was. This is what one of my biggest issues with Kenny Pickett was. Both these guys are from, or uh, sorry, Desmond Ritter was. Um, both these guys from Cincinnati. Going back and watching some of Alec Pierce's tape, he was open a lot, and Desmond Ritter did not capitalize on that and get him the ball. He could have had a lot more production in college, but Desmond Ritter kind of screwed him on that front. So. Um, that's my thought process on him. I do like it quite a bit, and I think that him and Matt Ryan will be able to create a pretty decent synergy pretty quickly. Um, think of him as like, uh, oh, who's the fast guy that just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from Atlanta? Man, it's going to it's gonna bug me until I think of this. Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, oh, Russell Gage, that's who I'm thinking of. I think of him as more of a Russell Gage for this offense. Maybe not the most fancy relevant, but... It's a great skill set to pair with uh, with a healthy Paris Campbell and a Michael Pittman if they can both play on the field, all three of those guys on the field at the same time. So I think of this more as like the T.Y. Hilton replacement uh, in this offense. So there will be a role for him. I don't know what it will be for fantasy. I think he'll be a little bit more hit or miss, but 
week to week. So I don't think there's going to be a ton of consistency. But yeah, I think it's a good landing spot at least. Next player here is going to be Zamir White. He did go to the Las Vegas Raiders again, like I mentioned before. The talent is really good. Um, they are about to the the point where they need to move on from Josh Jacobs. I think this is his final year uh, before they need to either extend him. On, he, I don't think he's playing on the fifth-year option this year, so they either need to sign him to a contract next year or uh, let him walk. So I think that the opportunity long-term here is going to be amazing for Zamir White because I don't think that um, with, with, uh, with the, oh, what's his name? Josh McDaniels coming over from new England. They never really had a workhorse guy. So I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity day one, just because of Josh McDaniels and his system. So right there, he's going to be a very well involved player on that front. And then long-term, again, you look at it from that perspective. Uh, I think that they're going to let Josh Jacobs walk and I think that they are, uh, yeah, they're they're going to lean on him long term. So I think you're going to get quite a few years of production out of Zamir White. Maybe it's not got the uh, the top end elite production that I was hoping for if he went to a better landing spot, but I do like this quite a bit. Now next is going to be Tyler Algier. Algier, I think Algier. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm just going to butcher it. So Tyler Algier, um, he went to the Atlanta Falcons, and again. I love this landing spot. Uh, he was he was my pre-draft wide receiver ten or running back ten. Um, he has quite a bit of talent, but he's a big body guy, and it went to probably one of the best landing spots in my opinion for a running back. Now I just think he's a little he's got some flaws to his game, um, so that's the only problem there. I don't know if he's going to have a lot of use in the passing game. But he could be a pretty decent runner with quite a few rushing touchdowns. But again, Marcus Mariota is a mobile quarterback. When he was with Tennessee, he liked to scramble and kind of run those those touchdowns in quite a bit. So um, he could be vultured quite a bit by Mariota, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of passing work. But the landing spot is great, and if he does decent this year, they're not going to invest much in the position next year. So there is the potential for quite a bit of long-term value here in Algier with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Next player here is going to be Jahan Dotson, and he's with the Washington Commanders. This is who I alluded to earlier. I don't love this. He was the number five wide receiver off the board in the actual NFL draft. They took him over Traylon Burks. They took him over um, George Pickens, some of these other guys, and I just, I thought it was kind of a reach, to be honest with you. Um, He was, let's see, yeah, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Drake London, and uh, Chris Olave all went before him. I don't love it, but at that point, to be honest, he was my number seven wide receiver off the board. It's not egregious, but I probably would have gone someone like Traylon Burks for this team with Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, if you go back to Carson Wentz when he was with the Eagles in the Super Bowl run, the Alshon Jeffrey um, was the that was like one of his best career years in a long time. He was the 50-50 guy, right? And that's kind of what Traylon Burks is. He's the big body guy, right? So I just think it fits better with what Carson Wentz needs to do. It also fits better with uh, the skill set that they had in um, Terry McLaurin. Kind of gives them a little bit difference here. Where I think Jahan Dotson is again, he was one of the more all all around receivers. I just don't think they needed it as much. So that's my thoughts on on Dotson um, and why he's down a little bit lower than some of these other guys. The landing spot is great, though. Um, I just think that Washington is kind of a, a nightmare organization right now. There's a lot of stuff going on with them behind the scenes. And, yeah, it's just it's kind of a mess. So getting in there is just not fun for anybody. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts there. And the last guy in my tier four is going to be Greg Dolchich. Uh, he is the tight end who went to Denver. I love this landing spot, to be honest with you. Uh, he went to Russell Wilson, who just absolutely loves to target the the tight end position. So there's going to be a ton of opportunity there because all they have is Albert Ogwebenam. I, I think I got that one right, I think. But um, they got rid of Noah Fant in the trade for Russell Wilson, so they really don't have 
a star-studded guy there at at tight end. I'm not the bigger Al, biggest Albert O fan out there. I think that he's decent, but I think that Dolchich is a better pass catcher than Albert O. Albert O is a pretty decent blocker. Um, he's a good all-rounded tight end. Where Dolchich, like almost all of these tight ends in this class, are very good pass catchers or very good run blockers. I think Trey McBride was the only hybrid of. He was the best of both worlds. Um, Dolchich is just not that guy. He's going to be a very, very good pass catcher. And we have a quarterback who loves to target the tight end position. So um, if he slotted in to like a 10, 15% target share this year in the passing game, I I could see that happening. So it could be worth it. Again, tight end premium. If it was, if not tight end premium, I'm probably moving him down one tier here, but that's the end of my tier four for the rookie rankings. Now I've got two more tiers here. And like I said, I'm going to try and fly through these ones here um, as we start to go along. Brian Robinson heads up my tier five running back. He went to the Washington Commanders. I do love the the talent quite a bit. He was my pre-draft RB five or six. um, Went to a good landing spot. This does put quite a bit of pressure on Antonio Gibson, but I think that it's still Antonio Gibson's job to lose at this point. Uh, Until he loses it, I think that he's just fine. Brian Robinson is probably more of a long-term stab at this. Um, But yeah, I think that Gibson is going to still be the guy for now. Now we'll see long-term. John Mechie is the next wide receiver off the board here. Went to the Houston Texans. I do love this landing spot quite a bit. If you look at the Houston Texans in the actual NFL draft, they relied heavily on Alabama to feed them quite a few players. Derek Stingley, uh, they took a D-line or center or something like that from Alabama. They took John Mechie. They just really leaned on the Alabama connection there. And John Mechie is the not-talked-about Alabama wide receiver a little bit in this draft class. Um, he's very good, kind of a good route runner, technician type of guy, but he's not special in any way. And... um this team needs more weapons. They just need more weapons. Uh, they've got Brandon Cooks. They have Nico Collins. And now they've got John Mechie. He instantly slots into probably being the third best wide receiver on this team. So I like the opportunity. We'll just see if he can do anything. Again, I'm not over-investing in that until I see something on the field. And, yeah, I think for a third-round pick, that's more than fine. David Bell slots in after him. Uh, David Bell went to Cleveland. Again, Cleveland needs another another wide receiver, but they just need somebody to step up. David Bell, again, he didn't have the best combine. He had a very interesting college production career. Um, I do love it being from Purdue, having a Purdue degree, but I just need to see something. Amari Cooper is going to be the alpha dog there, and they have someone else. I forget who it was. And it's just it's it's going to be a weird situation. So we'll see what he can do. He's definitely a potential sleeper in this draft for me. Um, he could be someone that you might be able to get really cheap for a long period of time. So wanted to just put that name out there, uh, touch on it a little bit there. Next is going to be running back Pierre Strong, went to the New England Patriots. This is more of a long-term play, to be honest with you, because Damian Harris is going to be a free agent after this year. Bill Belichick just doesn't like to rely on a bell cow running back, which is really weird because he did for so many years early on in his tenure with all those Super Bowl runs early on. Uh, Corey Dillon, for example. Which I wonder if A.J. Dillon is Corey Dillon's uh, son. I really need to look that up um, because they're so they're just big dudes. Like it feels like it feels right, but anyway. Bill Belichick just is done. He doesn't like to invest in long-term running back options there. So Pierre Strong, I think that he's the Damian Harris replacement, which means we're not going to see anything from him this year. They're going to use Damian Harris to to they're going to run him into the ground, and then next year you're going to see Pierre Strong probably. You'll probably see a little bit of him this year. Um, being a Patriots fan, I've just seen this so many times. So yeah, I don't really want to invest a ton in a guy we're not going to see for another year anyway. And he's going to be in a committee role at that point anyway. So uh, that's my thoughts on Pierre Strong. 
Hassan Haskins is going to be the last guy in tier five here. He went to the Tennessee Titans running back. Um, the fact that Derrick Henry is getting older is a little concerning. A lot of people really like Hassan Haskins uh, more than me, probably, to be honest with you. But he's a big dude. He, he's like 222. I mean, nobody's Derrick Henry size. But Mike Vrabel is always going to want to run the ball. Always. Derrick Henry got injured for, what, eight games, nine games last year with the uh, Liz Frank injury in his foot. They cannot afford that. If they want to make another Super Bowl run or playoff run, they have to have weapons. They have to have good production in the running game. And I think that Hassan Haskins, if something happens to Derrick Henry, can be a very, very good plug-and-play for him. Not going to do a ton in the passing game, but Derrick Henry hasn't done a ton in the passing game. So Hassan Haskins just has to guarantee basically uh, 2,000 yards every year with like 20 touchdowns, and he's going to be great for fantasy. But for some reason, I don't see that happening. Um, But good stab later on in your rookie drafts if it was me. Now the last guy I'm going to talk about, last tier here, is going to be Sam Howell. Went to Washington, I think in the fifth round, first pick of the fifth round, if I remember right. Um, eh, yeah, it's just a stab. If Carson Wentz ultimately doesn't work out, if he gets injured, if he screws up, they're going to replace him with Sam Howell this year. So, um, getting a stab at him late isn't a terrible idea. Uh, he might have by week eight, he might be the full-time starter at this point with Carson Wentz in his career. I like Carson Wentz, but people just love to hate on him for whatever reason. So Sam Howell does fall in here. I think he's worth a stab later on in your drafts just because of uh, just because of the opportunity that he might have. The draft capital is not there again, but if something happens to Carson Wentz, they're not trading for a quarterback. So it's going to be the Sam Howell show, and then we'll be able to see what he can do. Jeremy Rucker, I talked about him a little bit earlier. Man, my throat is just going crazy, but... Jeremy Rucker, um, he is the tight end who was drafted by the New York Jets, and I do like this quite a bit. Uh, the problem is they brought in C.J. Uzama, and they also brought in uh, uh, Tyler Conklin as well this offseason. So, again, this is more of a tight end premium, long-term strategy, but Jeremy Rucker, I think he's very, very talented. Um, he's a great pass catcher. He just has a long road ahead of him before he's going to see any time on the field. So, Again, late stab in your rookie drafts. You're talking like third, fourth round, stash kind of player. Kind of like, um, oh, who was it last year? Um, the kid from Indy. I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, I think if you just stashed him for a couple of years, it's not going to be the end of the world. Um, same with the next guy, Cade Oten. Cade Oten, he went to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay hasn't re-signed Gronkowski yet. And they need some some long-term depth at tight end for the future. So if you were to take a stab on one of these two guys later on in your rookie drafts, I think that would be fine. So that's that's the end of my tiers here. Um, let me know what you guys think when you, when you get through all of them and you kind of <laughs> have a chance to process. Like I said earlier on in the podcast, there's going to be a lot of hot takes going around right now on all of these players. There's people that are saying that Isaiah Spiller should be like a third-round pick. I've seen guys taking uh, James Cook as like the third overall pick, the 103. It's just all over the board. So having a clear strategy on how to attack your rookie drafts right now is going to be so crucial, especially with so many of these drafts really kicking off this week. So um, I've, I've, I'm really looking forward to mine. I've got the 106 and the 107 starting this week, so... Um, I'm going to be seeing who's available. I'm trying to get some info right now. Another quick piece of dynasty advice for you as well. Talk to the people that are picking ahead of you. It never hurts to just go to the one-on-one and just say, hey, who are you thinking about taking? I mean, it'll probably be Brees Hall, let's be honest here. But like the 102, all right, Brees Hall is gone. Who do you think you're going to take? You can get a lot of info because people are, are a lot of times they're very honest with you if you have a good relationship with them from trading and, and building that up in the offseason. So um, you can probably figure out who's going to be available in the mid rounds. Like, for example, I was uh, just for an example, in one of my leagues today, uh, I was shopping around Hollywood Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, just traded to the Arizona Cardinals just to see what he would return me in a trade. 
And he was, the guy said basically like a mid round first. Well, I know exactly who he's going to take up, who's going to be gone up to the number five overall pick. And that's where I need to be if I want to get the guy that I want to replace Hollywood Brown with, which would be Jameson Williams, because six and seven, um, they are a little more unpredictable, and I have the eight pick. So I just need to confirm that I can get the five. So if I'm going to trade Hollywood Brown, that's where I'm going. So um, I know all the picks before him, and that's my thought process. So uh, again, you just try and figure out who you're going to target. You can go get this information from these guys if you go talk to them. It really doesn't hurt. It just helps build the relationships, makes the leagues more fun. That's my my advice there for these rookie drafts as we start getting into it this week. So um, that is my pre-draft rookie rankings, a little bit longer than I wanted to do it this year or this week. But um, later on this week, uh, I am going to be back with a little bit more content, probably one more podcast this week. Thank you for joining me for my first ever YouTube Live. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. I have no idea. I saw there's like analytics for this whole thing and podcast breakdowns and all that stuff. I'm going to try and respond to every single comment that I see um, if you guys leave any. But yeah, thank you guys for joining me here. Um, My fifth wedding anniversary is actually later this week too. So that's why I'm going to get one more podcast out here in the next couple of days. And then probably you're not going to hear anything from me until about this time next weekend. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me and good night.